this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. We've been talking about fruitfulness. And the first word spoken to mankind. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. In our created state, we have been given dominion over everything upon the planet, upon the earth. And so, I want to raise this question for you this morning. We know that we were created in the image of God. We know that we were given dominion over everything upon the earth. And my question for you is, as the serpent came into the, to the presence of those created beings with all the power to control and have dominion over all the earth, why didn't they take control over the serpent? And I believe it's because, partially, this is just my opinion, but I believe it's because they were connected to something different than the Lord. They were deceived, we know that, and in the deception, their heart became connected to something other than the Father. You see, as you read through the scripture, it says that he walked with them in the cool of the day. There's a place and a time when Jesus comes and meets with you. There's a specific geographic location, as Bishop Reed spoke a couple weeks ago, there's a specific location that he has said, I will meet with you in this location for my kingdom to be made known in that area. It is for you. And sometimes I think that we don't understand the gravity of that, that we've been placed in this place for this time so that he can meet with us, so that something that he has will manifest itself in this region. I think we miss that sometimes, the gravity of all that. But, but my question is, why do we not step into that dominion in our own place where he said, I will meet with you? You see, they had dominion in the garden and yet they did not take it. Verse 27 in Genesis 1, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. When you continue reading in chapter 2 and chapter 3 and you continue to move forward, we see that because of their lack of focus on the Father, the one who met with them, the one who was always there to meet with them in that moment, the one who always wanted to talk with them and fellowship with them, because they took their focus off of him, they missed 
the dominion mandate that was upon their lives. Now Jesus has something to say about fruitfulness and, and I think that as we read Genesis one twenty eight, we really have to go to John 15. And so would you turn with me to John 15? You, you all know these verses. You've memorized these verses. You've, you've heard of this for a long time. But I think Jesus gives us the most perfect picture of what fruitfulness looks like. I, I know that he says you'll be planted like a tree beside the waters, which is the most optimal place to be planted to produce fruit. But they were in the most optimal place to meet with the Father. They were in the, the hand-picked place, the, the spoken and created place where the Father met with them and they did not mistake it. They knew it because it says that they, they had encountered him in that place with that intimacy, with that time, and yet they missed it. And I believe that the Lord is calling us as the church in this hour to step into the dominion mandate as many call it the the dominion calling of the church to restructure things in this world because we're ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven but my concern is is that sometimes we step out of that place where he meets with us we step out of that that designated zone where he is and we take our focus off of him for a split second and we miss the dominion that we can have because we lost our focus. And so this morning, my, my prayer has been throughout the week that not only would you be touched in worship, that you would be set free from things, but that we would be refocused to our source. So John 15 and verse one, it says, and it's in red letters, he's speaking to the disciples and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. I believe that many people read this scripture and there's lots of characters in the scripture. Uh, we see the Father who his divine hand brought down a seed of the kingdom and put it into the earth and out of that seed came Jesus. And Jesus is the true vine, it says in the very first part of these verses, that he is the source of all that we attach ourselves to. And he walked in the garden with them, and yet they missed him. He walked in the garden with them, and yet they missed him. You see, I love the picture of, of Jesus being the vine, but really 
the whole story here is not really about the vine, it's about the vine dresser because the vine dresser who then prepares the vine and cares for the vine and puts up the wires so that the vine can grow on the wires, the one who is the one that supplies the vine is the story's focus. And in the vine, the Holy Spirit begins to feed the Lord as he walked the earth. We can see that. He said, I I only say what I hear the Father say and I only do what I see the Father do. And he was touched by the Holy Spirit and filled with beyond measure, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And then we are given this opportunity because of Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross and his raising from the dead and ascending to the right hand of the Father, sending us the Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity to engage in that same relationship. The picture that I want to draw for you is in this, in this scripture, in this passage, we see the Father depositing the kingdom into the earth. Jesus growing forth. We see the wind, we see the, the rain, we see the sun, we see all the elements that it takes for the seed to produce fruit. We see it all coming by the Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of going to Penyan, New York, which is in the Finger Lakes of New York, probably one of the most beautiful places in America. I got to spend some time there just by myself and with the Lord and, and then some amazing friends. But it is wine country. It's wine country. And, and we're, we're at the point where these men and women would go out into the fields and reap the harvest. And I drove by many fields with Penn as we were talking and, and just hanging out together. We drove by many fields where people were out there picking and putting them in baskets and taking them off to, to crush them and to make wine. And I just took in all the smells and all the sounds and, and all the things that were going on, but I really didn't think any of it, um, very much of it, until this week when I read this scripture. You see, this scripture talks about being connected to Jesus and bearing much fruit, which gives the Father amazing, amazing feeling and encounter. But I can get sidetracked as a human being to look at the harvest. Sometimes my focus is so much on the harvest that I'm working, working, working to produce a harvest. And it says that those who work to produce a harvest that isn't connected to Jesus will be cut away. And so there's a motivation There can be a motivation in our hearts because we want to perform. We want to do those things. Or maybe we've been told our whole lives that we have to do that to produce some fruit. But that fruit doesn't produce fruit that is worthy to last in the kingdom. It produces fruit that will pass away and be forgotten because it wasn't connected to the vine. 
And so sometimes as believers, we look so much and, and we pray for the harvest, but that's not what the scripture says. It says pray for the harvesters to go into the harvest, the laborers to go into the harvest, so that there can be much gathered. And I'm not saying that we don't do all the things that we need to do. I'm saying that the Lord looks down from heaven and looks at your heart. Through the whole scriptures, we see that, that it is the motivation of the heart which drives what we say and what we do. And the underlying current of all of that is what he's looking at, not the stuff that's hanging on the vine. And so we can get sucked into what the world would say. You see, in the world, there's performance things that we have to do. You have to win on Friday night. You have to win on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. You have to win. You have to hit the mark. You have to produce some fruit this week or you weren't worthy of it. And you see, I think that that motivation of the heart is what got them in trouble in Genesis that the flesh got in the way of what the father was instilling in them as he walked with them. And they got distracted for a moment. And it took many, 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 many years and many, many, many generations and promises of the father and, and all the things talking about Jesus coming so that the seed could be put back in the ground and it could raise up and it could produce a harvest. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so we know the character of the father is watching what Jesus did upon the earth. That's his character. And we know by reading Genesis that he wants to come and meet with us, and yet sometimes I believe that our priority is not to meet with him, but to produce for him. And that's not what he's asking for. I want to direct your attention to the, to the part of this where it says, every branch in me, every branch in me that does not bear fruit is cut away. Last week I talked about Ishmael's and sometimes we produce Ishmael's in our life that that actually cause us harm because we haven't focused on being connected to the one who gives us the desires in our heart and then gives us the desires of our heart. He so wants to meet with you and to produce fruit through you, but it takes a clean heart. And every, verse 2, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. I want you to picture this, that as the vine of Jesus is born from the seed of the kingdom, and we attach to it, and then out of that our lives produce fruit, because we're connected to the true vine, the world is then looking to consume the fruit of the kingdom in us. And so when Adam and Eve stepped away from the promise, stepped away from the dominion, stepped away from the fellowship, their fruit was no longer appetizing to the world. 
And so the further we are away from the true vine, the less our fruit will be desirable to the world. And you say, Pastor Rob, well, I, I want to bear good fruit. And this is what it is. Galatians 5. This is what it is that we're supposed to be bearing fruit for the world to consume. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, as we connect to Jesus and we become fruitful because he is the one who's directing, he is the one who's connecting us in the right way, and the Holy Spirit is the one that's bringing us the fire and the wind and the water and the rain and the sun that we need so that we can be who he's created us to be. As we connect to that, there is fruit that comes out of that. And I used to joke a long time ago because I, I heard a, a sermon one time that said God doesn't call us to judge one another. He calls us to be fruit inspectors. And I used to think that that was pretty interesting that we're supposed to inspect each other's fruit. I, I, think, it's, I think it's interesting, but what I want to know more is I don't want to inspect your fruit. I want to inspect the connection you have to the vine. The fruit will be a determination of how connected you are to the vine, but that's not the focus. His focus is not your fruit. The Father's focus is not your fruit. The Father's focus is how connected you are to the life source of his Son. He's not worried about how connected you are to the family of God. Yes, you need to be. You need to be in a church. You need to be connected to family. You need to show up when the doors are open. You need to be a part of it. You need to be here on Wednesday nights. You need to do those things. But that's not his focus. His focus is how connected are you to the one who I sent as a seed into the world to bring my kingdom into being. So sometimes... Maybe it's just me, but sometimes my focus has gotten off of my relationship with Jesus and I've started to look at where is their fruit? Where is their fruit in my life? Where, where have I been fruitful? What have I done that has produced fruit in the kingdom of God? And I'm here to tell you that that isn't the focus at all. The focus has to be how connected are we to the one who supplies everything we need. We know from John 1 that Jesus was in the beginning and nothing was made that he wasn't a part of. And if he was in the beginning and he was walking with them in the beginning and he, was, he had a space and a time to meet with them, it ended up being their choice of whether they engaged with him or whether they didn't. And we know that after sin came upon them and they, they felt shame and disgust and they made the fig leaves and they sewed them together, he still went to that spot. He still cried out for them. He still wanted them to be with him. But they were ashamed. My question that's been on my heart for a while now has been, 
not how effective we are at producing fruit in this family, but how effective are we at pointing people to the source of the fruit? Which means that things have to change in different areas. Because if our focus isn't connecting people to the life source of the kingdom within them, and it's about connecting them to a service, or it's about connecting them to a dinner, or it's about connecting them even to the family of God, we're missing it, folks. We're missing it. Because his sole purpose of being on the planet is that when he came and died for us is that we would have fellowship with the Father. And so he's there at the right hand of the Father, Father making intercession for us all the time. And the Father is setting a place and a time to meet with us so that he can speak into us. Think about those conversations before the fall and what he was speaking into the thing that he created for his own pleasure. He wants to do that with each of you every single day. Every single day. I was talking with a pastor yesterday and he raises bees or however you want to call it. I know nothing about bees, but anyway, he has them. He's got 200 and some hives or something and he's got a ton and his honey is amazing. But he was saying that if, if the hive is moved three inches because you have to do something or whatever to the ground because something happened and you have to move it three inches, it will be a while that the bees will actually fly over here and hover trying to find the hole until they find the three inches to the side. Because they know instinctively where the hole and where their hive is and so that they can be fruitful and produce. I believe that maybe, just maybe, the motivation of the church in the motivation of the church that we've moved the hive from being focused on Jesus where we know instinctively to go, where we know that when we go there we're gonna produce something for him that only can come from him. And we've moved the hive just a little bit over and so people are out here swimming around. They know in their heart that they've got a place to be productive. They got a place to produce something of heaven. They've got a place to be with him. And yet we've moved the focus a little bit to the side and there's people out there, out there that, are, that are going around and around because they know that there's something inside of them that wants to connect and wants to, to be a part of the vine. But they can't find him because he's not there. Because we've moved it. He's calling us to focus on our connection with Jesus so that we have the opportunity to be fruitful. Now he says, be fruitful and multiply in Genesis one twenty eight. What is the multiplication? You see, you're multiplying things all the time. And a lot of people, even believers, are multiplying dysfunction because they're either looking at the fruit and they don't have any connection to the vine so the fruit is gonna wither away and not be attractive to the world. Or they're connected to the vine but they're so focused on what they're doing to produce fruit that that is getting a little bit rusty. 
And then there's those who are connected to the vine and they're producing amazing fruit in the kingdom. And those are the ones that you want to be around. I'll let that go through the room. You put those people on a pedestal. You want to go be with them. You want to be around them when it's amazing. And I love to go places, believe me. I love going to conferences and I love doing things, but do you realize that the Father wants you so, so connected to his Son that that fruit comes out of you as much as it comes out of them? He wants billions of souls all around the planet, billions upon billions upon billions, that are willing to step aside and not worry about the fruit and come and connect to the vine. That's what he wants. He wants billions and billions of kids. And so if we're out multiplying the fruit that we have, we're taking seed off of our fruit and putting it back in the ground and producing something, we're producing something that is not going to be used and attractive to the world. We're producing something that will be so disconnected from Jesus that people will say, I know that Jesus is supposed to be in this because they're a believer, but I don't taste him. I don't see him. I don't sense him. Our connection to Jesus is our most important piece of our lives. It should be the whole, not just a piece. And so there's, there's many things, and I'm not, I'm not talking down about this stuff, but there's, there's courses out there and things that you can buy and money you can spend to grow your church. And I'm sure it's good, and it's like marketing 101, and it's awesome stuff, and maybe it's super advanced, and it draws people into the church, but what are we connecting them to? That's my question. You can market, you can have a huge church that's connected to a seed that you planted from your own fruit, in the ground that produce fruit that draws them to you. But if you're connected to the vine and you produce fruit, it will look like what we just read. Your life will have a flavor of the kingdom. Love will be there. And I want you to do a quick inventory this morning because you can tell if the fruit you're producing is fruit because you're connected to Jesus or if it's seed that you've taken from fruit and you've now put in the ground and grown your own. Is your life containing love that you can't manufacture on your own? There are people in your life that you are commanded to love but you don't like. And some of you, it's a battle every single time you come in their presence. But if you're actually seeing the fruit of the kingdom of God and the fruit of being connected with Jesus, that battle is not yours. Is your life consumed with joy? The scripture says, in his presence is fullness of joy. If you don't have joy you're probably not connected to the vine. It's hard to manufacture joy out of grapes that have gone rotten. 
Nobody wants to drink of that joy. Do you live in peace? Is your life, when someone looks at your life from the outside, would they say that person has peace? Are you long-suffering? Or just short-suffering? One of the great things about this family of believers that we call the Summit, when visitors come in this place, they always say to me, this is the most kind and loving church. It's amazing. I know that can't be us. Right? Are you kind? Are you a good person? Not good in the realm of good people in the world. Are you good because he's good? That's a different kind of good. Are you faithful? One of the things I talk about in our, some of the people that have gone through our growth track recently one of the things I talk about is we are only as good as our people are faithful. We have lots of faithful people in this place that, that make this thing happen every Sunday. The, the heat's on, the, the water's warm, the cameras are working, the, you know, the electric bill's been paid, the, all those things of people that have been faithful. But if people are not faithful, things of the kingdom don't get done. And I often wonder when people aren't faithful in what they've committed to do, how connected they are to the vine. Because Jesus said, the, the disciples said to Jesus, when have we done this to you? And he said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you sweep and vacuum the, the auditorium and when you scrub the commodes and when you wipe down the windows and when you do all the things that make this a, a lovely place to be, it's to him. Not to me. It's to him. Our focus has to be correct. Are you gentle? Do you exhibit self-control? You see, it says, be fruitful and multiply. And Jesus says, I'm the vine. Those who abide in me will produce much fruit. Yes, and this is the fruit in which it talks about. It's not talking about more people. Come on, somebody, you're sleeping. It's not talking about more people. It's not talking about bigger buildings. It's not talking about a better production team, although they're amazing. It's not talking about those things. It's talking about the fruit of our lives as we walk around. Are you desirable of the world because you have fruit that they know not of? That's the question. Are you producing fruit in which they don't understand? When you're standing in a situation in which you have to be gracious and long-suffering, do they see that in your life? You see, when our focus comes off of Jesus, we start to look at all the things that we can do to produce fruit because we're not produced to the life source. We're not connected to the life source that produces true fruit. 
And so I'm, I'm here to share with you that the Lord's been recalibrating my life and I hope he starts to recalibrate your life to what he wants in this hour. It's not about growing a big facility and building other buildings, although some people do that and that's great. It might be their call. It's about getting people connected to Jesus. That's it. Because out of that will come much fruit and much harvest and all of the things that we desire But if we focus on those things, we never get them because we are not connected to the one who gives us our heart's desire. So the recalibration that the Lord, I believe, is doing in this hour in the church is taking us from looking at the fruit of what we are creating to looking at the source of the nutrients that we need to be connected to. So what does this mean practically? Pastor Rob, what does this mean? Well, I walked through the, I walked through the areas in Penyan and I saw the, the grape uh, arbors and all the stuff and I, I saw it all, but I saw the joy on the face of the people as they, as they reaped the fruit of what they had produced. And yet, I, I believe that when we harvest something, I, I can just imagine, I didn't see it, but I can just imagine when they get to a plant that did not produce what it was supposed to produce, or the stuff on the vine is moldy, or something happened to it and it's not the right thing, and they get a little disappointed. But then they go to the next one and it's producing this amazing fruit because it had the right soil, the right connection, the right input, the right amount of sun. My question for you this morning is, Is the fruit of your life desirable to the people that you live with? We're starting there. Yes, I went there. In your house. Is the fruit of your life desirable to those you spend the most time with? Is the fruit of your life desirable to those you work with? Or do they make comments when you walk in the door? Is the fruit of your life a demonstration of the kingdom of heaven upon the earth? Or is it sour to the world? That's what he's calling us. He's calling the church back to holiness. He's calling the church back to the life stream of Jesus. Sometimes it means pruning. Sometimes it means that some of the good fruit is cut away so that you can produce more fruit. And if you're not connected to the true vine, it is the perfect place to get offended. Because when the fruit is my creation and the Lord takes a knife to it, I can be offended at him. But when the fruit and the focus is on connecting to the true vine, when he prunes us, we understand his loving kindness and his heart. And we know that the only reason why we're going through this in this hour is so that I can produce more for him later. So my question for you is, as you're in the world, are they coming to you because they desire the fruit that you bear?
These things the world is in desperate need of. If you walk down the street or you sit on a school bus or you engage on a Friday night at a football game and you just sit there and pause for a moment, I think we miss the, the kingdom pause a lot of times in our life. But when you pause for a moment and you look across the thousand people, they're in need of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are they seeing it in you? Are they seeing it in me? See, I want to be a part of a church of people who are more connected to Jesus than they are to the fruit that they produce. Where they're more connected with Jesus than they are anything else on the planet. Because those are the people that will produce fruit that will impact a region. Those are people who are not focused on themselves but focused on the life-giving source of Jesus Christ. So I don't know how you came in this morning. I don't know if you came in with a weight. You guys can all come back up. I, I don't know if you came in with a weight on you. I don't know if you came in with, with discouragement in your heart. I don't know if you came in with a, a frustrated mindset. I, I'm not sure how you came in this morning, but what I do know is that the one who is the source of all things that are good is here to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to take every bad piece of fruit that has been created because we planted something in our own strength and he wants to say, listen, I will graft that thing, maybe, maybe it gets burnt, right? Maybe it gets burnt, it won't ever produce, but maybe it's actually, you tried to do your best. Maybe he takes that and he grafts it in when your heart shifts. Or maybe it gets cut away and burned because it's not of him and it's never gonna produce fruit that will be of him, that will be desirable to the world. But no matter where you are this morning, I can tell you that he wants to meet with you in the specific place at a specific time every single day to speak into the thing that he created, that's you, that he created for his own enjoyment, his own fellowship. He wants to meet with you to share his heart and the desire of his heart. And if you do it, I'm making you a promise that if you do it, you will see fruit you never thought you would see in your whole life, bigger than what you've ever dreamed of. You see, we put our faith in the Ishmaels we create because it's about us. But when we put our time and effort and energy into connecting to the one, the only one who is the life source of all things upon the earth, the only reason why we're breathing is because of him. And yet sometimes we forget all that and we go create something that isn't of him. So would you stand this morning? If you have not made the time, I heard somebody one time say, I don't have time to so, I have, don't have time to be with the Lord. I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. And my question would be, let's look at the fruit of your busyness. Are you taking time with him every single day? 
Is your life exuding the things of the kingdom? Those spirits, the spirit things that were in there, the fruit, is it, is it, is the world looking to you for answers or are they not? You see, I believe that the church in this hour, the world will be looking to us for answers in every area of our of the life at all together. They're going to be looking at the church when money isn't working right. They're going to look to the church. You know, I'm, I'm tired of churches going to the city to get something. I, I want the city coming to the church because they're in so much need and they know the church knows how to deal with it. But the only way they know is if there's fruitfulness of our lives that comes from being with him and connecting to him. I was a florist for many, many years. And one of the things that I loved to do was take a white flower and have a bowl of a color of dye. And when you cut the end of it and you stick it in there, it begins to draw that color to the top. You may not be what you want to be today. You may be standing in this room saying, I'm not who I believe I should be. I'm not where I should be. I've been producing fruit that isn't of Jesus. That's okay. I'm here to say, get cut by him and get planted in him. And gradually, you'll start to change. So whether it's an addiction, whether it's a... a, a stressful thing in your life, no matter what it is, if you begin to cut it off from the thing that's not productive and put it into Jesus, he begins to change it. Maybe it disappears in a moment or maybe it's a little process, but I'm asking you, would you surrender it to him this morning? So as they sing a verse, I, I just, I'm asking you, if the connection to the true vine is not what you know it should be, then today's the day to fix that. Would you just come and lay it at his feet? Would you just say, listen, I've created things I shouldn't have created. Now I want to be creative with you. While they sing, the altar's open. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. I just want to move your heart. It's all I want to do. I just want to stand in awe and pour my love on you. The cause I freely give it all to you, all to you. I just want to move your heart, get caught within your gaze, right here in your presence. God is where I want to stay. Oh, 
Father, I pray over every person here. Whether they've come to the altar or whether they've made an altar where they are. Lord, remove the deception from our lives where we think we're fruitful, but we haven't worried about the connection with you. May this body be fruitful because we're connected to the source that is Jesus, the true vine. May the fruit that comes from this place because of our focus on that connection be desirable to those in the city, in the county, in the region. Lord, I pray this week, I pray this week for Holy Spirit encounters for every single person to reveal the heart motivation that we have in what we are doing and who we are being to the world. Lord, revival isn't about a meeting. Revival isn't about, it's about a heart change in an individual. We used to sing a song, we're living on the edge of a revival. Lord, begin it in me. Lord, I don't know what better way to begin revival than for a body of believers to humble themselves and to bring them back to you. Score us, cut us, reveal the brokenness in us that as we connect to you and we begin to draw on you that the rest gets flushed out. The revival that we seek, let it begin in me. Let it begin in me. Father, mold us, make us, break us. Do whatever you need to do to get our attention because we want to produce kingdom fruit. Kingdom fruit that can never pass away. Kingdom fruit that's desirable to the world. May we be examples in our lives in this day-to-day walk that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would grab your communion cups.
Matthew 26, verse 26, it says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. His body of purity, his body of wholeness, his body that was upon this earth protected through all the years that he was upon the earth, it was protected and set apart. That body, he said, would be broken. And later on we read about every time we consume this, we remember his sacrifice. So whether it be Thank you, Lord. Whether it be being rejected or despised or beaten on a post or a crown of thorns in his head or being lashed, that perfect one, the perfect one from heaven, as his flesh was being torn, as his scalp was being ripped off, his beard being ripped from his face. He said, when you receive this bread that was broken, it is my body broken for you. So that the perfection in which he is, we could step into. And so right now, if somewhere in the room, if your body is broken, would you just lay your hands on it this morning? Jesus, you said that the bread in which you blessed and broke is your body. And as we break this bread, as we bless this bread, and as we consume it, Lord, we believe that we step into that which is holy, that which is W-H. O-L-E, whole. Lord, I speak to every neuron, every cell, and every body in this place that as we consume your body, that every part of every body would begin to function as it was created to function. Sickness has to go. Disease has to go. Pain has to go. Arthritis has to go. Headaches have to go. So as we consume this, Lord, we remember you and the price and the sacrifice that you paid being bruised and beaten and hung on a tree. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Take and eat. says then he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins
his blood poured out on Calvary to wash away sin. Not to wash it away that it comes back, but to send it as far as east is from the west to the depths of the deepest sea. And his blood is still active in 2022 on the mercy seat for you and I. I just want to pause for a moment. If there's something in your life that you know is not of the Lord, would you just confess it to him in this moment? Would you purify your heart, your conscience today before we take this because it is covered? So Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood which was poured out for you. He would have done it even if it was only you this morning. If it was one person, he would have done it for you. Do you receive it this morning? The price that was paid for your salvation, for your forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Father, today we come before you. Holy Spirit, in your presence, we find wholeness, we find power, we find all the promises. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice, for our wholeness. You can take a broken person and restore them in an instant. You can take a broken body and restore it because you're the creator. So in this moment, we just say thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. May this body, may this body be set apart because of our focus on our connection with you. And may you do something wild that we could have never dreamed of in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take a seat for one moment? I believe that one of the mandates that we have as believers to have dominion over the planet takes a little effort on our part. You can kick the lights up a little bit. It takes a little effort on our part, and that is that we have the right in this country to vote. And I'm assuming that most of you in this room are registered to vote, but in the off chance that some of you aren't, uh, we have someone who will be in the lobby to help you do that because there is an important time we're about to walk into in which every, every vote makes a difference. So if you aren't registered, please go out in the lobby. 
and there's papers you can fill out. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's out there. And then many of you have you've asked for, and so we're providing you a calendar of all the things that are going on, so you can put it on your fridge. And uh, our expectation is that you participate. Participate in what God is doing. And uh, we're just excited about what he's doing. Yeah, there's not a lot of announcements, but uh, pick up your calendar out there. That would be great. Great way to keep up with it. One is Family Connect is this Wednesday at 630 in the Zone Building. So please be here for that. It's going to be super fun. Family time, good food, and fun games. And then one other thing is there is a youth retreat on October 21st through the 23rd. So if you have anyone from 7th to 12th grade, we would love to have them join us. We're going to be in Orville with multiple other Foursquare churches just hanging out in the presence of Jesus. So please see me for details if you have anyone that would be interested in that. So have a blessed week. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.